Hello, my friends, Lana, Nigel. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, big few weeks, obviously, with uh, this moment in time. We can probably timestamp this. Nigel, do you know the date? I haven't, I, I, all I know, it is the same environment every day and I'm looking around the sun slightly uh, risen in different times of the day. So I know we're progressing in terms of the <laughs> periodic table in um, calendar. But what date is it? It is the 9th of April, 2020. Huh, there we go. Well, there we go. We've time-stamped it now. Um, big few weeks for everyone. Uh, people are probably sick of it. If you're listening to this in retrospect in years to come and you're going, what happened? Yes, we're all isolated. Yes, fingers crossed that we um, all came out of this alive. Hopefully this is not a recording that some alien life form has found when they've repopulated our planet, when they've come down here because we've been locked in for many, many years. But um, Wow. <laughs> too much, too early? somebody went down a conspiracy route last night (laughs) no no, i am there is no conspiracy around this this is just as lana says mother nature (laughs) don't throw me under the bus (laughs) no we won't get we're not going anywhere near that um uh, acceptance to change is obviously a theme that's coming up for a, a lot of business owners a lot of smes and generally the population, Um, not just because of the uh, financial changes, which is obviously um, people losing their jobs, um, businesses not being able to operate how they usually would, just basically every aspect of life has taken a dramatic shift. So there's a lot of change obviously needing to be accepted, which is a resistance that a lot of people are going. But I was reading something in the paper today that were talking about that what might actually become redundant is things like a handshake. General greetings may never be done again after this period, things like that. And um, was it Judge Dredd, this, the old Sylvester Stallone movie, where they where they basically, you know, didn't kiss, didn't have sex, all that sort of things because they'd had so many... No. Uh, it, was it? You, you're thinking of Demolition Man. Demolition Man. I, I don't know why that popped yep. in my head and I was remembering that... With the seashells. <laughs> yeah, and then they were talking about literally because they were a few generations into the future that there was no human contact basically because they'd gone through, listed all these type of viruses and it goes, it's so stupid. Then you sit back and go, hmm, is that how? If we start Actually. with the with handshake going now, that's a wrap. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about um, adaption and needing to change and Lana, we've been in here getting a bit of cabin fever, if not Stockholm Syndrome. Is that the one where you fall in love with each other because you're captives? The captor falls in love. <laughs> which one Which one of us is? No, the, the captive falls in love with the captor. Yeah. Right. So we might be um, falling in love with our house then because it's certainly the house is our captive or captor, captor. at the moment. <laughs> um, but just honestly talking to a lot of people and trying to – get them to understand that you have to accept a level of change in your life. And I think this is probably the human experience probably on steroids right now because we normally get that at different stages that are forced upon us. Obvious ones being, you know, when people pass away or um, accidents happen or things change dramatically. But this is certainly one around what do we need to accept at the moment. And I, I think, Lana, you know, you've been dealing with a lot of people this week. 
What do you think the general feel is around people adapting to what we'd call at the moment a new world or a new reality? Uh, the people that I've been in touch with, a lot of them for – well, this is a, this is week three for, for us, us yeah. in Australia. Um, they're really done. The first two weeks it was getting used to it. They were – everyone was quite busy. Everyone was uh, almost chasing their tail, whereas now because things have settled down a little bit, it's almost like this eye roll of, are you serious? This is, this is where we're at and so – I don't think it's yet anger, but it's almost this level of um, resigned to the fact that this is it, with with not a lot of hope. Yeah, so not not to have the the dull point, but um, obviously you have good and bad days. But I have had there was one day where I had four different people tell me that they were just over it, and. The week before, they'd been really upbeat. They had a lot to do. They had a lot driving them. And so this, I would say, would be the Wednesday of their period. And so there's not a lot you can say to that thing because that's how people are feeling and you can get them to take action and you can get them to um, make a few changes. But I think if so many people that I was talking to had this feel that that was was where they were for the week as opposed to the day-to-day change. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, it is that point. We were talking about it in terms of um, it's not really surprising. We we've been talking a lot to our clients and friends a lot about it that this is really a um, I, I guess following the the stages of grief, which is more of the human emotion, and talking about you know what they are, and it's I, I, you know if I just take there's a few models around. Um, on it but if we just take one of the sort of common ones we're talking about initially being a shock then there's a bit of a denial you know people trying to avoid what's actually happening there's a level of anger and for some reason I feel like we've missed the level of anger yet so I'm trying to work out where as a collective um, we all are at I know people are angry but the next step being you know bargaining you know seeking um, a way out and then depression which is the final realization of the inevitable before starting to get to you know testing and acceptance um but when you look at the stages of grief i think people are starting to get i feel like in the it's not depression but it's it's acceptance of now the road ahead and i don't know if that's a form of um depression but it's something we need to probably talk in a little depth about because if you find yourself in depression we need to work out why because there's not necessarily – it's how you feel but it doesn't mean you need to stay there. And I think accepting where we're all at as a community is a pretty important thing but you, if you get caught up in this, I am out of control, I think it's very, very difficult for a lot of people. Um, Nigel, you've been, you've been you know, speaking to a lot of people as well obviously this week because not just all your networking things but all you know, you're doing interviews with other people and stuff like that. How do you feel the general, I guess, the general demeanor out there is for SMEs and, and business people? Uh, there seems to be, it's mirroring uh, what Lana said, there seems to be an almost a numbness at the moment um, because people have done all the busy work that they can and the fear, they've lived with fear for long enough now that it's become the norm 
So it's no longer enough to push them to do the extra bits or to do or to find a way to do the next thing. So there's this almost, even though uh, in Australia we're about to come up to the Easter break, uh, which means absolutely nothing at the moment because you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, but there's people kind of, it feels like they're trying to work towards there because it's a symbol of what was. So they go, well, at least I'll take four days off even if that four days is sitting in the exact same chair and watching the Tiger King like everyone else. Let's um, be honest, most Australians do that anyway. <laughs> like the only difference is they're not allowed to go outside. Most people would have loved to have sat back in their chair for four days and um, had a beer and relax. So it's quite interesting what you wish for and then when you get it, it's not quite what you want. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a period now where, where we're talking about those period of acceptance and anger and those kind of things. I don't know if we're going to, everyone's going to follow the same pattern. I think we're going to go through that pattern multiple times. I was but, just thinking that because even with denial itself, there's those who are denying, as you're talking about, let's just get to this four-day weekend because then I can actually live in my denial. And there are those people who are in denial, which is this isn't a thing. So even just the yeah. first stage of it all... Yeah, we're, they're the idiots. <laughs> Let, let's be fair, though. It is really at the moment. Like, I, I agree with you. Let's just say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I, I think I need to be really fair on this, that anyone who's in denial that this is a thing is an absolute fucking moron. That's, but that, I can without understand. Even, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a stance that I can take any other way. But, okay, so everyone is trapped within their own home in that safety bubble. So from that, we're looking at it's not something like a war where you can see um, footage of the no, – no, actually, no, no, Nigel, I'm going to repeat <laughs> yeah. it. They're just fucking morons if they haven't think this is a thing and they're ignorant idiots who are not looking at media. This has never been a more broadcast opportunity. It doesn't matter which side of the media you even sit. It doesn't matter your political disposition. You need to have a look and not you as in general people is – wake up there are the, the dumbest conversations i see online around such trivial things around trying to find loopholes of why i can get around the government sanctions to go for a walk or catch up with people yeah. or whatever it is it's it's so dumb that it you just look at those people and go you're just honestly uh, i it's frightening like these are the same people that drive down the same road as you so tim has hit the anger no, I'm not angry. I'm in protection. I don't know if that's a, a frame. It's protecting loved ones and the, and people in the community that care for each other. These selfish morons who still think here and think it's some government conspiracy when you've got bodies lying in the street. It's just, no, no, you don't get the chance to be that stupid in life. Is that a fair soundbite? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'll mark that one right down. Yeah, or, or, or delete it, whatever. Um, but you're right, and I think that's probably you know stepping back, not right about that that I've just had a rant about, right about the the stages of grief being repeated to people because the thing that's different is generally if something happens, so we've probably all gone through a stage where we've lost someone or something or, or something's transitioned in our life, you've got a, a finite thing to look at or you've got a defined thing to um, relate to. It's, it's in the, your world is in context to that event. But at the moment, you've got every pillar basically breaking down. So your your staging is different for each aspect of your life if you can break it down like that, which is you know obviously an all interconnected thing. But it's financial, medical, safety, um, you know, family management. There are so many pillars at once being affected 
that it's very difficult to set a target or a relative um, feeling to one thing because as soon as you sort of, I guess, accept that, okay, my job's different now, then you go to the protection of my family. And you, it, it's it's this is the thing I think most of people are, are struggling with. There's just it's every pillar being affected at once. When you're not used to this, it's it's very destabilizing. And it's hard because of the enormity of it to actually wrap your head around all of it at once. Because you can focus on the uh, the financial side of it. Okay, there's enough to be scared there. But then as you go through, you go, well, I can't look at and fear all of these things all at the same time. So the brain just naturally kind of recoils from that and focuses on the one thing that kind of gives you hope, which then could lead to anger because you go, why am I still stuck inside? As much as us analysing it and looking over it, I think we probably need to start talking about, well, what do you do? Where's the advantage right now? And not advantage of, as I said, taking advantage of others, but right now, I mean, you've got a choice around, are you going to be a survivor of this? And are you going to be someone who comes out of this in the best possible way or not? And most people and, you know, the general populace is waiting. The government will bail us out. The, um, the virus will take care of itself. All these things which we have to rely on an infrastructure. In fact, we invest in that infrastructure as a part of a community. But there is a, a level of responsibility you need to take for your community your people your family and work out where what do i need to do to be best positioned and that doesn't mean you can suddenly come up with a vaccine for coronavirus because you probably should have started that medical research many many years ago so we're heavily reliant on others to get us out of this shit so so to speak but it's working out as an individual and as a member of your community um, what are you doing to make sure that you're optimizing what you can do right now to keep yourself in a positive mindset and moving forward and accepting that you're out of control in a lot of elements of your life, but what are you actually doing right now? Or are you taking that seat on the couch and just waiting for this thing to ride itself out? And that's been what I've experienced this week is the people who have been so up for the previous weeks and this week is a down. When If they ask me for advice, my advice has been just go with it. If you're going to have a down week, and you've tried to pull yourself out of it and it's just not working, sit on the couch today because you can't always be up. You can definitely make steps, but if you start raging against how you're feeling, you're in isolation. There's no people to pull you out of it. You don't get the physical contact. Every day there's something more negative coming in the press that sometimes you actually just have to have that day of, all right, it's not great because then the next day, if we go back to the stages of grief, even in a day, you do get to be pulled out. You have experienced that lull and that isolation and so the next day it might be that there's hope or that there's a new relationship or whatever it might be. But that's what that's what me and my my connections have been doing. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you but I, I also think that you need to put in mechanisms to, with as you said, London, there's no one to pull you out. Normally if you're in, you know, in a slump or you're, things like that are happening for you, you go into work or you go for a walk or you go outside and you, you physically change your lo- environment, location or uh, even the, you know, the, just being physical, getting the heart moving and all that. These are a lot of triggers to generally um, change your mental state and you might consciously or unconsciously do that but these are triggers that are built into our usual daily lives. When you take those out and you get into a slump, which we all do, we get into ups and downs and all that, 
what do we need to do to put in mechanisms to naturally help us get out because they're not going to um, they're not going to be triggered by what we used to rely on. So you go into work, have a good conversation, you're around positive people, or you you know you go to the gym. There's all these things. When you don't have that, what do we need to do to build into our environments currently? Where it might just be you there, it might just be you and a couple of people, or you and your family, whatever it is. You actually have to consciously assess the things that you don't have now and then I guess almost artificially put them into your environment because if you get into a slump, it could last months because nothing's going to change. And I just think that a lot of um, particularly SME owners that are listening to this and people who are trying to achieve things in life through their business and they're personally trying to, you know, they aspire to be top performers. The environment's changed, the conditions have changed, you've got to adapt. And that doesn't mean you can't have a down day, it doesn't mean you can't have a down week. But you've still got to recalibrate who you are and you've got to recalibrate who you want to be in this world. And all that's changed is a couple of factors. Now, this is where you really test what type of person you are. Are you someone who can adjust or are you someone who's going to take six months to adjust? Either way, you're fine. But it doesn't mean you're a top performer. And this is where you start seeing people develop high-performance habits because there's a new level of discipline required. And so how have you adjusted in terms of your high-performance routine? Um, I think from a conscious point of view, I'm taking time to try and fill my brain daily with something that's positive or just a reminder of positivity. Definitely trying to follow, and I should say trying because I've had a bad week this week in terms of exercise. I went... I tried to challenge myself on Monday and I've been so sore that I literally can't move and I've decided that the best way to get rid of soreness is eating Easter eggs. So I've had a tough week in terms of that but it's I'm conscious of what's happening. I'm not feeling like a victim of being in my environment. It's I feel in control of what I can control even though I'm making some decisions that aren't the best habits for me right now. I don't need two Easter eggs or, a, you know, a beer or something like that but I'm choosing to at the moment because you know what that's what I'm doing but these are the sort of things that I don't feel out of control whereas I think others just do it from a habitual point of view but aren't making conscious decisions if that makes sense yeah very much so Nigel what about you I mean you're you're big on this how how do you, in terms of your environment are you are you making choices to try and keep your brain in the right spot uh, so for me, I've tried to keep as close to my normal schedule as possible. So last week, uh, struggled a little bit on the exercise front and felt that in my output for the rest of the day. So everything else was a little bit harder. So just went, no, okay, you know what you've got to do. It's always been a thing for me. I've always used exercise as the push to get me through. So I've reverted back to my normal timetable. So my alarm goes off at 4.30 a.m. I go out for a run, go out and shower. I use work. I put more on my plate so that, and that might not be the healthiest thing, so that I don't have to think about the other things. But this is the one thing that I can control is my output. So in a world where I have no control over anything, the one thing I can do is trying to help the company and trying to help the message get out there. Um, and luckily, there's enough of it there to keep me busy most of the time. 
Amazing. Absolutely. Your role has not been diminished. In fact, the importance <laughs> of it has risen significantly. <laughs> um, what about you, Lana? But for me, I... Yeah. I Sorry. Nice. I just think that there's those little slippages of whatever time you normally get up. If it's half an hour later, then that's a half hour that you weren't achieving something before and it causes a slowdown in everything else. So if I can keep to my normal, then that helps me mentally. Yeah, I've swapped. I'm working late and getting up later where I normally get up. I'm finding that a lot better. I'm getting a lot more peace from around 10 p.m. till 1 a.m., which I'd usually go to sleep and try and be disciplined around that to get up early. But I'm finding we're sleeping in a bit more, but going to bed later. And at the moment, that's working for me a lot better, whether that is going to be you know next week too. But certainly um, the change in environment for me is needed to have a change in habit. What about you, Lana? Um, my habits have been pretty uh, consistent in terms of work. So as long as I'm at my desk between 7 and 7.30, I'm fine. Um, what's definitely slept has been, uh, slipped has been my personal health and this week has just been a rough one for me mentally. So that's what slipped and I know it and I know how to change it but I also know that I'm making the decision to wallow at the moment. So next week or maybe this this evening I'll make the decision not to and I'll pick up the weights and I'll do exercise and I'll put down the chocolate but unlikely <laughs> very unlikely <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest um but yeah I know that Friday will be a new day full of hot cross buns and then Saturday will be the weekend in talking marks listen I want to you've triggered something in me and maybe I am angry today so maybe <laughs> I'm going angry. to you know I don't want to be angry but I, I think you know, I want to respect the people listening to this and I'm hoping that, you know, we, we're getting some demographics of our audience and I want to talk about, you know, high-performance habits. You do have to um, make a decision to be something during this period and you really do need to make a decision. Like Alana and I have not had the best weeks because we've decided to, you know what, we've got enough on our plates at the moment. We're, we're loose. We're not people who... Um, have a glass of wine every night or we're not someone who has a beer every night. But over the last few weeks it's become a ritual for us which we acknowledge is not a probably a very um, uh, positive ritual to add in. But at the moment it's working for us and it's not something that will become a habit because we just that's just not how we operate. But at the moment this is our routine for the current situation. Now the byproduct of that is you don't feel as good. Your body doesn't feel as good. You're not quite as switched on. But that's this is a short-term thing. As, a, as I said, we're in the first few weeks where it's just coping mechanism and not alcohol is a coping mechanism, just it's a coping mechanism to change the routine and get into some different routine and then you work out, well, is this what I'm really about? But I think for a lot of people who potentially don't have the level of awareness that we feel we have at different times, you need to snap out of things pretty quick and you need to find a way to snap out of it really quick. And if you're someone who wants to be a high performer or get your goals done, you've got to ask yourself why has this become a habit changer for me and why has That's, um, a few environmental changes completely changed who you are? Because there'd be a lot of people out there that, as Lana said, having a bit of a, a down week or down a couple of weeks that. and – we have and wallowing or might have been reduced their work or may not be able now, to do the things they want to do. Even so simple things like dating. You know, like going, people who are you're single that might not have been able to time. go on dates or connect with people, people and things like that. You actually have to adapt. No, 
you don't get to just choose to ride this out and then we um, start up again. This may be the new world. So you have to work out the things you're missing and start executing them. It's like people who've stopped exercise altogether because they've never exercised at home. It's like, what are you doing? Like that is low performance. Yes, there's plenty of excuses and everyone's going to say it's okay. We've said it today. But you actually have to lift yourself up and say, right, this is now my gym. Make it work. And if you're sitting out there saying, well, I don't know how to make it work, like come on, turn on YouTube, Google home gym, get through the two to 10 million videos. I'm sure you'll learn something. Like there's so many options. We're, I mean, how lucky are we that we actually have <laughs> access to everything? Even from a mindset point of view, I'm feeling down. Google it. You know what I mean? There's so many things we can do and I just think it's very – important for those who are going through the stage of acceptance during this period to re- to to make sure that you're not finding small things to stop you getting any sort of momentum in any aspect of your life so really trying to find just little things that you can do this is the perfect time to write a business plan this is i mean because you're starting with opportunity galore coming out of this this is the perfect time to start addressing your personal goals There's so many things you could be doing but it's really important that as much as we're allowed to have a bit of downtime and and recalibrate, you've got to put an end date on that. It's it's really important because you could find yourself, if this is months, we're only in a few weeks in, you've got to have that structure around you. Absolutely and so what I guess, again, people listening to this, it's fine for us to say that. What do they do? They find a way. And you do what you've got to do, like every aspect in life. You see a problem, you find a way to solve it, and you do it. It's not difficult. It's a choice. And part of, again, if we go back to the stages of grief, is that when people start to come out of it, one of the big things is that they start to make new patterns. And so they start to see new opportunities and I think it's new strengths, new relationships and new patterns of the general three. And so this is why it can feel really difficult when you're going through all of the things to try to start something in Talking Mark that's new. So from my point of view, I'd always say maybe don't think of it as new. If you if you go for a run, what can you do in your house that's not a run? As Nigel said, keep to the same routine and the same pattern but maybe just change up one part of it and that will make it easier for your brain to trigger that you can keep doing it and that you can keep the pattern going. Yeah, I mean we had it the other day where I wanted to do some skipping but we didn't have a skipping rope. So you do the skipping without the skipping rope and you look like an idiot. You really yeah. did. And it's just jumping. The only difference is you have slightly different resistance on your shoulders. Okay, make it up with a few push-ups but it doesn't mean you can't skip. There are such simple and obvious things that people can do but I think they get so caught up on what they don't have that they stop doing anything and it's that adjustment around – accepting where we're at right now and finding a way to get the most out of what you can do personally and the most out of how you can use this either excess time or new environment because there will be a hell of a lot of people who come out of this better off which is no one wants to talk about that because a lot of people won't and I get that and I feel sorry for those people but I feel more sorry for people that have already accepted that they won't come out of this better and are doing nothing to try and at least change it because that's defeating yourself from a soul level and that bit's very hard to recover from. I think it's also important from my perspective anyway to 
allow yourself to feel bad or allow yourself to feel angry, but then put a time limit on it. Go, hey, for this five minutes, this is shit. I hate the world. I hate the position that I've been put in. I hate everything that's going on at the moment. And then at the end of that five minutes, go, awesome. Now that that's out of my system, what can I do about it? Because if you're constantly going, I always have to be up or I can't feel that or I've got to lead everyone around me, um, then there's going to be a guilt around everything else, which I think could be quite destructive. Would you like me to give you my little technique? Would love it. As soon as you feel like that, you should absolutely do that. The only thing you have to do with it is you have to think that while doing 50 star jumps. Because it's so hard to be angry when you're doing star jumps. It becomes stupid. (laughs) It's literally you're a star and you're moving and you're getting things and it's actually it just re-anchors yourself because you're like I'm so angry or I'm going to get angry and do 50 star jumps and you come out of it panting, you're coming out of it tired, you're coming out of it and you're laughing at yourself because you're like I can't be angry while I'm doing this. The coordination's even difficult. I just found that a very useful technique because then when the brain goes down that path again, go, I don't want to do 50 star jumps again. You can try that this week, Nigel, report back. The simplicity of that is awesome. I love it because I just actually put myself in that situation and went, yeah, no, that's going to (laughs) work. I'll tell you what, Nigel, that can be your experiment for the week and you can report back next week (laughs) on how many star jumps you did and whether it was effective from a mindset shifting point of view. (laughs) Guys, um, big week and they'll be bigger and they'll keep going. They're just, or as we call them, it's just a week with different circumstances and different challenges and different opportunities that we're all facing. But um, for those out there who are you know, struggling a little bit with the acceptance of where we're at and the change and the rapid change, just um, just remember that the next, all you have to do is get to tomorrow and then the next day and the next day and then we just keep looking at the horizon for some opportunities and then we start to fine-tune our brain to better find opportunities faster and better find what works for us in new environments. But again, you know, mental health is a big thing and we all have ups and downs and we obviously want to try and be as positive as we can when we're talking on this because you don't need to be listening to people that equally um, are not feeling great. But everyone's going through ups and downs. So if you're out there struggling a bit, your job is to just get through that minute, that hour, that day and recalibrate. Because things will turn around and things change very rapidly the same way they've changed rapidly to get here. Equally, there'll be times where it'll change rapidly to move forward and opportunity comes up. So if you're struggling with it, make sure you reach out, make sure you do the connection, try not to go into your shell, into yourself. But for Lana, Nigel, good to talk about it. Um, obviously, plenty to talk about next week, but we'll do it all again. See ya. See you, mate.